0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive, and time consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate.
1: Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. So glad you're joining us this morning on this beautiful Sunday. I'm Jason Laidler, here
2: with the world-famous Ted Walsh. And hello, Ted. How are you? I'm very well. Welcome to the long weekend. It's the final day of July and uh, holiday Monday. Tomorrow, for many people, it's a Simcoe Day, here in Ontario, at yeah. least. In uh, other parts of the country, it's something else. I think you should take tomorrow off, Ted. Um, off what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I don't think a lot of people call it Simcoe Day. I, I learned that in school, and you probably did too, it but ends. it's a civic holiday. A yeah. civic holiday. Yeah, I think
2: it's a it's a
1: demographic uh, thing, you know. And I'm gonna maybe embarrass myself here if I get this wrong. Uh, Lord Grey Simcoe was it? Was he the first lieutenant governor or the first governor general? Ah, uh, you got me there. Could be lieutenant governor. I think he might have been the first lieutenant governor of Ontario, and I think his wife was a Guillem, and that's why there's an East Guillembury where I used to live. Uh, north of the city. I know where that is. Just north of Newmarket. Yeah. uh, A a township called East Mm Gwilomberry. And that's Holland Landing, Sharon, Mount Albert, uh, a few other small uh, nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. And that Gwilom, I believe is, or short, Gwilomberry is from the Gwilom, which I think was Lord Simcoe's wife. Anyway, happy holiday, happy long weekend. Glad you're joining us on this episode of the Avoid Probate Show. There's other things happening today, besides being the last day of the month. Of course, interestingly, sort of, uh, jump for jelly beans day, Ted. Yes. Who was the president that was fond of Reagan. jelly beans? That's right. Reagan. I was going to ask you. Uh-huh. And he got admonished by some dentist, and he wasn't impressed yeah. with the letter that he got from some dentist.
2: And then what was it? It was George Bush the first who hated... What did he hate? Broccoli, asparagus, broccoli. I don't know the answer to that. I think it was broccoli.
1: I have a guilty pleasure for jelly beans. I have to admit, and I try really hard not to eat them because I know
2: they're just pure sugar, mm-hmm. but they're kind of tasty. But you know, you get because there's a whole uh, uh, family of jelly beans, as it were, right? Because there's jelly beans, and then there are uh, gummies, and now gummies are are, are yeah, they're they're medicinal. They're gummies. not, the, yeah, there are. They're not the same. No, they're not. They should make medicinal jelly beans. (laughs) I'm sure they are. Come on. Why not? Well, by medicinal, I mean, you know, prepared with uh, Uh, cannabinoids. uh Uh-huh. Cannabis. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. People take it for pain, discomfort. Yeah, yeah, but I just don't know if it comes in like a jelly bean form. wouldn't surprise me. You could pretty much mean everything. Maybe
1: that's your uh, next project. You no, know? Okay. You, you, can corner, you can corner the market. I'll find out. I'll try them and then I'll forget to come in. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we need you here, man, because you know, you're pivotal. You're, you're vital. You're uh, part of the, uh, the fabric of the Avoid Probate Show every Sunday morning. Oh, stop. Oh, okay. I'll stop there.
2: It's Mutt's Day. What? Mutt's Day. Hmm. You only talk to a lot of, uh, and, and I'm, I'm thinking that this is in reference to dogs that are not purebred. I don't know what else mutts would refer to. I don't either. It's not the tomato juice, that's mutts. Right. Mutts, if you talk to a lot of uh, veterinarians and they recommend not buying, at least the, the ones that I know, will tell you don't buy purebred animals, buy the mutts because yeah. there's such a shortage of them. And uh, less predisposed to... Yeah, it's a gene pool thing. Yeah, exactly. Inbreeding and
1: exactly. all that stuff, right? It's
2: like the royal family.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it's referring to. <laughs> yeah, okay. Here come the cards and letters. Yeah, okay. you coming in. Just kidding. Her majesty. Yeah. Um, I know so many people who rescue dogs, and usually they're mutts that are being rescued, and the dogs are lovely. And I'm a dog guy. So, so would. And the dogs are... Amazing, and I'm like, really good for you. A for rescuing this dog, and B, what a great dog! And why do they
2: why do they call them rescue dogs? Because they're in the pound, but they're rescued dogs. They're not rescuing anybody. You're rescuing them. Well, whatever. A rescue dog is someone who goes in after a building collapses and finds people, like a cadaver dog. Well, that's cadaver dog is. Those are different dogs. Cadaver dogs are strictly to find deceased people rescue dogs will go in and search for people that are still living. I had the pleasure of uh, traveling through Pearson recently, and I
1: had to go past... You're
2: the first person who's <laughs> used the word pleasure at
1: Pearson Airport in the in same a, sentence in a long time. month, and yeah, two months. I know. Yeah. And I have to admit, it wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Maybe, although the flight was delayed three and a half hours. That's not Pearson's fault, I guess. It was the airline's fault, which I won't name, the national airline. Anyway, um... Yeah, I can't remember now if the dog was here or coming back from my destination, but very cool, you know, young lady with this dog, and the dog just goes back and forth as people walk through the little corral, and the dog did not stop or attack me, so that was good. And and one more thing before, we are going to talk about probate stuff, glad you're joining us, of course, to learn something about probate today, we're going to get there after the first break. Before we go to the break, we have to acknowledge that it's Uncommon Instruments Awareness Day. We couldn't let that one go.
2: And uncommon is one of those terms that means something here and not something there. Probably. Like, do you know what a bandura is? Is it a, um, it's a, a u- breakfast cereal? It's a, a Ukrainian instrument. It's like a costume, a zither and a lute. its <laughs> a, I don't think I even know what a zither is. It's a string of the instrument. It can be up to 65 strings. Come on, 65. 65 strings, yeah. What would you say it was called? A A bandura. And you've seen this thing like in real life? Yeah, I had a cousin who played it. Wow. Yeah. You had to grow uh, really sh- uh, heavy, strong uh, fingernails. Right? Yeah. And you just put this shellac on it, right? And mm-hmm. you pluck away at them. It's really quite, quite uh, beautiful sounding instruments. Well, I'll give you that. Uh, I'm not familiar. I'll, I'll have to look it up after the show. And See, l- now that's uncommon here. Listen to it online. I go to Ukraine and it's not uncommon at all. Well, I mean, I think regular listeners will know that the show opens with a little bit of
1: bagpipes. They are electronic bagpipes. They don't sound quite like the regular uh, island bagpipe. That's me on the electronic bagpipes. And it's not so uncommon, I don't think, these days, uh, bagpipes. You don't see them everywhere. Well, you kind of do, depending on where you go. I see them everywhere, but lots of people don't. And lots of people are quite uh, intrigued. If I do um, an event, well, I was going to say... Funeral, yeah, whatever the event is, a birthday party, a Robbie Burns Day, a funeral, whatever the event is, inevitably people want to come up and have a look and ask questions about how it works and is it hard to play and all that stuff. There are way more, there's many versions of what I said was the Great Highland Bagpipe. There's there's smaller pipes, there's, small, there's indoor pipes, there's shuttle pipes, there's Irish pipes. The Irish pipes are called Julian pipes and you play that with a bellow. So the guy or girl playing... Julian Pipes with a bellow, squeezing the bellow under his arm, instead of blowing into the bag, that person can sit down and sing a song while they're playing a version of Bagpipes, whereas, you know, the, the Highland Piper can't do that because he's filling the bag with his, right. lung, with his with his mouth and his lungs. What about the kazoo? Can you play the kazoo, Ted?
2: Mm, no, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Should we try? No, I don't think so. I have one right here. Mm. <laughs> Oh look at the time! (laughs) I think we need to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to introduce you to uh, episode number one of solving the probate puzzle with Debbie Stanley. So excited! Yeah, we introduced the concept to you last week, and uh, today begins episode number one. So stay with us for that and more as the Avoid Probate Show continues. (laughs) Learn
0: more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: Avoid problems you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid all that red tape. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid high fees. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid a long wait. Avoidprobate.ca
1: Avoid expensive fines.
3: Avoid probate.ca. Avoid uncertainty. Avoid probate.ca.
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of Avoid Probate.ca.
2: Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show, and welcome to episode number one of a brand new segment titled... Solving the probate puzzle with Debbie Stanley. Debbie is with ETP Canada. You can reach her via email at dstanley at etpcanada.ca. Hello, Debbie. How are you?
4: I'm well. How are you?
2: I'm very excited for this uh, segment. Jason and I have been talking about it. He, he, he hasn't slept for like three That's weeks. That's right. It's quite, I'm so excited. Glad amazing. you're here. We set this up last week. I just want to remind the listeners, that yep. hopefully, they heard it.
1: We prompted them, preempted them, whatever you want to call it. We, we warned them that this was uh, happening and told them that not to miss this week one. And here we are, and I'm
2: excited.
4: Hopefully all the listeners, too. <laughs> yeah,
2: so the idea, very simply, is that you have a case, a uh, client who is, in fact, now battling the probate demon, as it were. And so we're going to follow that from beginning to end. Whether this thing takes six weeks or 16 months just to give people an idea because Jason is here to help you avoid probate. But in many cases, Jason gets calls from people saying, listen, you know, my father died, my grandfather died. Can you help me avoid probate? Well, at that point, it's too late. But there are things you can do to make life easier on yourself and your family as you move forward, which is where you come into play. So what we're doing is we're giving you both scenarios here, avoiding it and then dealing with it if you have not avoided it. So you have a case study. You don't have to tell us who it is. In fact, we don't want to know any names or any banks, uh, anyone, anything in particular, but just in general, what kind of case study are we looking at?
4: Well, we're looking at in a state that. You know, is actually relatively simple. However, there wasn't proper estate planning put into place. So it actually could have avoided a little bit of probate on this one. And that's why I thought this was a great case for us to go through together. So on paper, relatively simple, but we have to go through the probate process, which made it a bit more complicated.
2: What's the first thing that you have to do when someone contacts you and says, I have a relative who is, has recently passed. Uh, they have left a sizable sum of money, property, etc." What is it that you do, first of all?
4: So, Well, when a potential client phones us, we ask them some questions, the basic ones like, uh, is there a will? Who's the executor? Does the executor want to be the executor? And what type of assets are we looking at? Because some assets don't need to go through probate. So if someone has a cash in their mattress and that's basically it for their estate, then we can probably avoid it. However, if there is investments and other types of assets that must go through the probate process, then we know where we lie.
1: Okay, and my question then is, let's, let's back up even one more step. So how did this file find you? Can, you? can you talk about that for a second?
4: Yes. So I'll give you a little rundown about this estate. The family found us through our website, which is always exciting because we never know how well that's working. Yeah. And it's actually the widower of the deceased. So we're going to call hmm. this estate the estate of chocolate chip because I was ah. eating some chocolate chips last night.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's interesting.
4: So we have Mr. Chip who passed away in May, and his wife phoned us to just find out whether or not they needed to go through with this process. So our question was did he have a will? And in this case, Mr. Chip did, in fact, have a will, which was great. And in his will, it named his wife, who I may mention is his actual second wife, and his sister. The sister does not want to be the executor. She's um, older in age and has some health deterioration. So she's currently contemplating whether or not she would like to renounce because an executor does not have to accept the role. However, the wife would like to move forward with being the executor. Interesting. So then we went through and asked her, "Okay, what types of assets are we looking at? And here's where it actually gets interesting, and I'm really curious to hear um, Jason's take on this. But uh, the deceased, he had a home that was in his name only. He purchased it after the um, first marriage failed, yep. and yep. it stayed with his name only. And he's owned it actually since 1989, so worth about 1.5 million. He then had a non-registered account with about a million in there. And then he had two other non-registered accounts which he was actually putting money aside for his two children. So had an account for one child but only in his name and then had an account for another child only in his name, but the intention was that he was saving up for these two children. So each one has about 300,000 in there.
1: Well, there's there's so much there already to unpack and comment on.
4: Right. I thought you would like this. Then we have a checking account in his name only with about 10,000, sorry, 20,000. And then personal property, various odds and sods that accumulated to about 10,000. So based on these values, we know, okay, there needs to be probate. We have an estate that's worth about $3.1 million. We have an actual real estate property that has to be dealt with. And then several million in in the bank accounts. He had joint assets with his wife, but because it was the second marriage, they were strategic on what they wanted to be passed on to the wife and then what he wanted to go through to his estate for his two children split Mm -hmm. with his second wife. So
1: there were no kids between them then?
4: No kids between them. Right. Yes. So if we look at these assets, I mean, there was things that I thought, boy, if there was just even proper planning put in place, as strategic as they were trying to be with their assets, something like having a second will for that property would have saved in probate tax. It would have reduced his estate value to $1.6
1: Or a bear trust. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we'll talk about what the solution is and what the solution could have been um, later on in the show. That's a lot of info. And, and I want to point out that quite often, I tell couples, you don't really have to worry about probate on the first death. But Here, that's not true, and I know there's exceptions to that rule, and I've talked about the situation where uh, Grandpa passes and he's been in the house for sixty years, and Grandma all of a sudden has to deal with probate because she was never put on title. That's what's happened here, right? The spouse was not on title, and it doesn't happen very often these days, but it does happen. It happened fifty years ago when Grandma didn't have a job anyway, so the and, and you know it was it was it was the man's thing to buy the house and. He was the breadwinner and he went on title, and, and mom never went on title. And now that's coming back to bite some people in the you know what. And they're shocked. They're shocked to hear that 60 years later, grandma's got to pay 20 grand in probate fees to keep the house that she's been in all this
2: time. So, what have you done at this point? You've, you've contacted uh, the bank, I take it.
4: So at this point, yes, the wife has gone off to the bank to contact them and obtain the date of death values. So that happened about a week ago. We're still waiting for those values so that we can list them on the probate application. We have all of the personal information. So we have the deceased information, the wife's information, and the children's information. But we're currently stuck in the holding pattern of obtaining the asset
1: values. Interesting. And sometimes that can take a long time, right? I mean, in this case, yes. it's, it's relatively simple in this case because the bank knows what the value was on this day. But if there was a business involved in the estate, now you got a problem because you now get have to get a, a certified business valuator in. It's very expensive. It takes time.
4: Exactly. So
1: it can take a long time to provide these numbers that you're waiting for. I don't think it's going to take a long time in this case, but I'm just saying it, it can.
4: No, but it will still take some time. The house needs to have a professional appraisal because the market's right. a bit funny right now. So we have an appraiser going in.
1: Did you set up the appraiser?
4: We provided um, a few different contacts and then they could choose from that person.
1: Okay, well, I think maybe we can leave it there. That's a lot of info in week one. I mean, any? what, what do you think? What's your prediction for the next step, which we'll talk about next week?
4: Yeah, so the next steps, providing that we get all of the asset values, would be us putting together all the paperwork and sending it to the family for their review, the wife specifically, for her approval, so that we can sign all the documents and submit them to court. But it will depend on the banks. We are dealing with three separate financial institutions. Mm -hmm. So while one might be Mm -hmm. quick, another might be slow. And it's summertime, people go on holidays.
0: Yes.
2: I'm familiar with dealing with the banks in the summertime. Boy, if you really want to <laughs> heavy down your load, use three banks, not one. I know. And,
1: and we talk about I, all the time, simplify your life. Now, I don't know how old. Did you say how old this gentleman was? Who passed? Did you say?
4: He was 78.
1: 78. Okay. So if a 78-year-old calls the toll-free number and talks to my mom and I get a chance to reply and talk to this person, I'm going to say at the age of 78, it's really time to start simplifying things. And I see these... People with multiple checking accounts and multiple TFSAs and just just layers of complexity that don't need to be there and mm-hmm. let's 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 simplify your life like at this point mm-hmm.
4: yeah, it's funny. I actually asked why did they use three different institutions, and she said they were diversifying
2: yeah, okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll check in with you next week, as we will uh, each and every other week. Uh, Debbie Stanley is with ETP Canada. You can reach her email is dstanley at etpcanada.ca, and your uh, website is?
4: etpcanada.ca.
2: There you go. Just like that. All right. Have a good week. Thanks, Deb. Debbie. We'll chat with you next week. Bye. Thank All you. Right. Bye. We'll take a break and come back with more of the Avoid Probate
0: show. Stay with us. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, Why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only, and then rubbed salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money. Why?
1: The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca.
3: I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom?
1: It's a good news story. The account is earning money much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low paying GIC but more importantly it's still 100% mom's money there's no joint owner on the account but there is a beneficiary on the account which wasn't there before which means no tax
3: issues and no probate to worry about i share my story with as many people as i can and i hand out jason's cards to lots of people and say call this man he'll walk you through it
1: call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll free number but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you.
3: Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628.
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back.
2: You are listening to the Avoid Probate Show with Jason Laidler. I'm Ted Walsh. And as usual, the information provided in this program is for general consumption only. It is not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Every situation, of course, is different. So if you have a legal or investment question, you should speak with a licensed expert. We have those on board in addition to Jason, of course. And you can contact us by email at info at avoidprobate.ca. That's info at avoidprobate.ca or toll-free 1-844-667-7628. 1-844-667-7628. Jason. Okay, thanks, Ted.
1: Listen, that was a fantastic uh, week one with Debbie Stanley talking about this new probate file, real life file. I hesitate to say a real life file because he's not really living anymore. But you know what I mean. And I just wanted to follow up on that a little bit because because she mentioned there could have been more planning that was done, and of course that's probably true for most people. But that's what we're here for. We want to provide this solution. It's a unique solution. So many people say, I've never heard of this before, and what I'm talking about is the transfer of assets from the bank or the uh, credit union or wherever wherever they happen to be over to an insurance company. And why do we do that? Because if if this gentleman had done that and transferred, I think she said he had uh, three different non-registered accounts, you cannot put a beneficiary on the non-registered account at the bank, hence the probate requirement, the probate problem, the probate nightmare. So if we had moved that money and at the age of 78, the transfer cost nothing because it costs nothing as long as you're under the age of 85, we would have moved that over to an insurance co- And we're independent advisors, so we have a selection of insurance companies that we can choose to use. You know, I've got my favorites and I will explain why when we have, if and when we sit down for that no cost consultation, I can explain why I'm recommending this one over this one and this investment option over this investment option, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, you know, we do the transfer, we wanna do the transfer for you. It doesn't cost you anything most of the time. And once it's moved, you he could have named i think he said he had two i think I think Debbie said he had two boys. He could have named the boys you know fifty fifty or whatever doesn't have to be fifty fifty mm-hmm. we We see situations where it's not
2: fifty fifty mm-hmm. for some reason for good reasons. It's up to you. Well, you could have you could have one child who's um, extremely successful, making a million dollars a year, and everyone is making thirty five thousand. Exactly. So whatever whatever the mix is, that's you know we have that
1: conversation as well, and we can set that up. Name the beneficiaries. That's not carved in stone. That can be adjusted if uh, circumstances change. You know, maybe the guy making thirty five grand gets a new job and now he's making one hundred and thirty five grand. So whatever. I mean, if things change and they do, of course then we, we can change along with the, you know, the, the change in circumstances. But we want to do that transfer before uh, mom or dad passes away because it's just we can't avoid the probate after the fact, and that's what we're seeing, you know, with this file that Debbie's working on. You know, we could have we done that transfer. And I'm not blaming anybody because people don't know that this is an option. The bank is not going to tell you to move your money. I say that all the time. It's the best-kept secret in the country. The bank's not going to tell you to move your money their solution to the problem, make a joint. They, they would say, add one of your um, adult sons onto the account. I had a conversation just yesterday with somebody about this. Very t- it happens all the time. The gentleman said, well, I've got, in fact, he had two sons and he was asking me about adding the sons onto the account. And I said, no, I don't like it. He's like, well, why not? It will avoid the probate. I said, that's true. It will avoid the probate, but we there's a better way to do it. Because if we do the transfer, and this gentleman was also under the age of 85, so it's not going to cost him anything either. We move the money over to the insurance company, add the boys as beneficiaries. So let's again assume it's 50 50 or whatever. That avoids the probate and it also avoids what I described to him as taxation, potential taxation complications because now there's three owners of the account instead of just one. It avoids ownership challenges potentially. I don't want to get into that right now, but we could talk about it another day. And it avoids, you know, mainly, more importantly, maybe than anything else, it avoids what I call exposure and third party exposure. So you had two sons to the account. Okay, well, what's the credit rating like? What's their status? Are they is anybody being sued? What's their marital status like? It's not just the sons that you're adding exposure from, it's their spouses as well. And I asked him if they had spouses. He said, "Yeah." So, you know, if if the marriage ends, that money's on the table and it's not necessary if the goal is just to avoid the probate, okay, we can do that. Just we'll just do the transfer over to the insurance company and name them as beneficiaries. Solve the problem. If the goal is to have them on the account so they can help mom or dad manage the money, if and when mom and dad need help managing things, well, again, that's what power of attorney is for. And he said, "Well, well, we already have power of attorney." I'm like, "Okay, I kind of, I'm kind of making a mailbag item here, but you know, I just wanted to make the point in light of uh, you know, as follow up to what Debbie just reported to us, which I thought was fantastic, and I'm so excited, I'm so looking forward to how this uh, file plays out over time." And it's going to take time. It's. I think she said, I think you said something about six weeks. And I'm like, no, that, that
2: there's no way. No, no, I said it could take six weeks, could take 16 months. Right, right. And and the,
1: it, the point's a good point. There's just, you know, I'll take that bet that it's going to be a lot longer than six weeks. That's for sure. And I think it's probably going to be closer to 16 months. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. And it's unique content that we're doing here on the Avoid Probate Show. Sunday morning AM seven forty Zoomer Radio. Glad you're joining us. If you're just joining us, hopefully you'll become a regular listener. We are talking about probate stuff, in particular how to avoid the probate stuff, because there's a way to avoid it. And she mentioned the second will, which of course is an option, and I mentioned the Bear Trust. B A R E. The Bear Trust is a is a effective way of avoiding the probate on property, whether it's the condo, you know, a bungalow, the cottage or both, or all of the above, a commercial property, any real estate. We can use this thing called a bear trust to avoid the probate on the real estate. It doesn't affect your control. It doesn't affect your ability to sell the property. You know, mom or dad, they're not giving up control by putting the property in a bear trust. They're just avoiding the probate. It's got nothing to do with Revenue Canada and how the property is taxed by CRA. It doesn't change anything. And just, you know, having said that, if it's your principal residence, it's tax-free. So it remains tax-free for now. There are rumors that the prime minister might want to fiddle around with that uh, current situation, but they're just rumors. Nothing officials come down the pipe yet. Scary, though. Scary to think that uh, you know the one, the main tax-free asset may one day not be tax-free. I hope we don't see that day. I don't think it would be popular politically, we don't do politics here on the Avoid Probate Show, but I don't don't think it would be popular. How could it be? You know, a new tax on your house? It's not going to be popular. It may never happen. It may never happen. I'm just telling you that there are rumors. You know, COVID was expensive. We're not supposed to talk about COVID either, but here I'm breaking all the rules.
2: No, but, it's, but it's, these, are, these are realities. These are these the are things that that, that that move metrics, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So we'll see what happens. But, you know, the house, I I say the house, I shouldn't say the house, your principal residence, again, whether it's a house, a condo, whatever it is, even a trailer can count. Sure. Legit. I mean, if you live there, it's legit and it's a principal residence. And if you're on the title and you own it, then whatever the gain is, regardless of the size of the gain and how long you've been there for right now, that's a tax free gain. And there's only one other place to get a tax-free gain, which is the TFSA, and the TFSA is capped, right? There's it's regu- it's heavily heavily regulated because it's a tax-free gain,
2: and it's not going up the rate uh, that uh, homes were. That's true,
1: right? I mean, six thousand uh, dollars for 2022, the new contribution room for the TFSA was six thousand bucks. All right, well, 6000 bucks is 6000 bucks, and you just, you know, you add it up every year. And it's not use it or lose it. We've, we've talked about this. If you've never opened a TFSA before, you still have all that unused room. I think this is the ninth year. It might be the 10th. I stand to be corrected on that. It's ninth or 10th year since the TFSA has been introduced, and the contribution, annual contribution amounts have changed drastically over that period of time. Uh, I think it was 10000 and change for one or two years and that got uh, clawed back to the 6000 that we're at now and it's a, that's a, it's a decision by the, the federal government. They will say before the year's over, I imagine, what next year's contribution limit will be. It will go up. It has to, I mean, at least go up with inflation over time, I would think. Anyway, it's 6000 bucks today. If you've never opened a plan, we can do that for you. We don't just deal with the non-registered stuff here at avoidprobate.ca. We... Often are moving registered money the TFSA is a form of a registered account. What does that mean well there's rules there's regulations there's stipulations there's there's maximums and minimums and all that stuff like I just described it's registered with the government the government knows if you have over contributed and I just read an article actually interestingly a lot of Canadians are still struggling with over contributions they're still confused with how the overcontribution thing works. I guess I might as well finish the thought here and just explain that if you if you had 50 grand in your TFSA today, you can take it out, it's not locked in, it's your money, you can take it out, but you can't replace the 50 grand until the calendar year changes. As soon as the calendar year changes, that 50 grand of room becomes available again. But a lot of people are ta- making withdrawals and re- replenishing the plan before the calendar year changes, and that's getting them in, getting them into hot water. The penalties are steep, and and CRA still is cracking down on this stuff, and it's it's hard for people to understand how these rules work. It's because it's relatively new. The RSP, the RSP's been around since 1957. Most people have figured out how the RSP works, especially if you're a certain age. You know, our our clients, most of our clients don't even aren't even eligible for RSPs anymore because at 71, you've got to change it from an RSP to something else, and usually that's a riff. Doesn't have to be, but usually it is. So most people are familiar with how the RSP works. Not everybody. I still meet people on a regular basis who don't understand how the RSP works. And and a question I get on a regular basis is, well, what should I do? Should I make a TFSA contribution or an RSP contribution? Assuming you're under the age of 71 and you can still make an RSP contribution, that's a common question. Well, that's a good question. Uh, It just totally depends on your situation we can uh, we can assess that. How do we assess that? We provide no cost consultations. I wanted to talk about this today. We've had a couple of questions and a couple of calls. You know, can we? Can I have a meeting? I want more information. What's it going to cost me? The consultations are free of charge. And I kind of hate to say it because it's not like we don't we're not providing value when we have these meetings. We are providing value. We're answering a lot of questions in about a forty five minute time frame. Give or take a few minutes, depending on the complexity of the of the situation. They're all different, of course, and that's why you should book a consultation, because they are all different. And it's not a cookie cutter thing. And you know, it's not one what's the expression, one stroke applies to all or something. It's, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very individual. So we're happy to do that. We're happy to travel to your place. We have been traveling. Another call from Listowal. I don't know. Hello, Listowal listeners, man. Like you guys are awesome. I can't believe how many um, Calls we're getting from Listowel and and west of Listowel. I had to I had to get the map out because I I had an idea where it is.
2: The home of Corey Connors. Yeah, you said that last time. probably I think. the the hottest uh, pro golfer in Canada right now. Okay, I'll take your word for that. That's Why would I lie at this point in our relationship? I I don't know. It's a good question. Okay, listen.
1: Um, kind of went off on a tangent there. I've got a few other uh, bits and pieces, some other information I want to share. We're going to talk about FinTrack. What's FinTrack? Have you ever heard of FinTrack? No. Okay, good. That means probably most of the listeners haven't heard about it either, but it's a big deal, and it's part of the uh, consultation process that I was just talking about a minute ago. So that's why I wanted to bring it up, because it does come up in the consultation. I'll explain more about that, and if I've got time. The other thing I'm going to talk about is the Ontario
2: photo card. You know what that is? Yep. The purple card, do you have one? I don't need it. I have, um, ID, I have other you ID. You have other ID, okay. I have a OHIP and uh, and I have a driver's license. Okay, that's right. You're still driving, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't
1: uh, taken that away from you yet? No reason. They haven't seen you driving lately? I'm fine. No <laughs> okay. problem.
0: No wants, no warrants. Stay off the sidewalks in Mississauga. I'm cool. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back after this. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this.
3: Avoid problems you didn't know you had. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid all that red tape. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid high fees. Avoidprobate.ca Avoid a long wait. Avoidprobate.ca
1: Avoid expensive fines.
3: Avoidprobate.ca Avoid uncertainty. Avoidprobate.ca
0: This is Avoid Probate on Zuma Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca And hey, a good morning
2: once again. Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show with Ted Walsh and Jason Laidler. And we invite you to join us on our website. That's where we live. T- tiny rooms in the back. It's avoidprobate.ca, www, of course, Dot avoid prob- Although, nowadays, I think you can just go avoidprobate.ca. And you For get sure. It it. Yep. There is a free probate calculator. You can play with that and give an idea of how much probate you might be paying on your estate. And also, there's a link which takes you back to previous programs as well. And as usual, you can call us at 1-844-667-7628 or email info. At AvoidProbate.ca. So Ted, uh, just before the break,
1: <laughs> we were talking about Listowall, right? Yes. And Kelly uh, spoke to me in my headphones and and mentioned that apparently it's the location of that uh, show, Letter Kenny. Is mm-hmm. it Letter Kenny?
2: Letter Kenny. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Very very funny funny show. And now there's a a, a sequel to it called the Shorzy, which and which is, which I have not seen. It's about a hockey player, and that's yeah. that's shot in Sudbury, I believe. Really?
1: Yeah. And have you watched the uh, spinoff? Yeah. Okay. It's worth watching? Yes, it
2: is. It's very funny. Really? Yes. Okay. Very funny. All right. Well, that's good to know. So, Be warned, though, the content is a little on the blue side. On the blue side. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Well, let's move on (laughs) a little bit here. I mentioned Fintrack. Fintrack is obviously an acronym. It's not a real word. Stands for, it's a mouthful. Here we go. Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada. One more time, just for fun. Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada. No wonder they've shortened it to FinTrack. And, well, I'll just read the blurb. I got it off the FinTrack website. It says, the Financial Transactions, and there's a reason I'm doing this. I'll come back to that in a second. The Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada, FinTrack, is Canada's financial intelligence unit. Its mandate is to facilitate the detection prevention and deterrence of money laundering and the financing of terrorist activities while ensuring the protection of personal information under its control. Okay, that's a mouthful, but it's basically what I tell people is it's an anti-money laundering form. So if we're going to move some money from the bank over to the insurance company, the government, the uh, intelligence people, want to make sure... That we're not moving this money for Ted Walsh and because he's it's part of his financing uh, terrorism activities, <laughs> and so there is a FinTrack form that I need people to complete, and it's part of it's part of the process, it's part of the consultation. I have to do it, or or I'm in trouble, and so of course you know I provide the proper forms, and and the form mainly just asks if you have connections to the United States, if you pay U.S. taxes at all, or if you're connected to uh, if you have citizenship other than U.S. or Canada. And then it dives deeper into your political connections. And there are several questions about your, your political affiliations. Not, not, not so much like what party did you vote for. It's not like that. The question is, is anybody in your immediate family, you know, a mayor, an MP, a politician, or whatever of any kind anywhere on the planet. So they want to just check for the politics of of you. Not again, not who you voted for in the last uh, provincial election. That's not that's not a question obviously on the forum. but they do want to know if you have affiliations with people who are in politics and if you have, you know, res- residency or tax status other than, other than Canada. Mm-hmm. So that's what FinTrack does. And, you know, money laundering is a big deal. Um, they say it's got a lot to do with the recent uh, property value spikes, you know, the increasing cost of, of housing. It's one way money launderers, I should say, well, terrorists or money launderers, one of the ways they can launder their money. And laundering money, by the way, in case you're not clear, takes, proceeds of crime and makes them legit, sort of, right? So you've got, money that that you earned well not earned you have, have money to help me
2: out let's say you make money selling drugs that's okay. that's illegal money now you take that money and you go buy a house right which is a legal purchase right but Thank that you. money that dirty money has now flowed into a bank right so now they're holding on to the dirty money so you have now laundered that money yeah, you've, you've cleaned it. Yeah, right. And that's one of the most popular ways of doing it is through homes. Yep. And the next one, I believe, is artwork. Artwork. Okay, I would have said something else. I would have said the casino. Yeah, but the casino, you can't guarantee that you're going to win your money back. At least when, you, when you're when you buying artwork, you're getting something for it. You can go in a casino and just lose all your money, but you. what's the point of losing money? I heard, I don't know if there's truth
1: to it or not, but I heard that there's money launderers out there who will give you a hundred grand. They'll say, Ted, here's a hundred grand, go to the casino and take your chances. And if you blow it, don't worry about it. But if you win, then we're going to, I'll see you next week kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I heard that's happening because there's so much dirty money out there that Mm -hmm. they're trying, they're getting like regular Joes because you know, the casino is watching who's coming in. There's cameras everywhere. So they know who the, you know, the, the dealers are, let's say. And, uh, but if, if, you know, Jason Laidler walks in because I've only been there, I haven't been there in 12 months or whatever it is, they don't care. It doesn't raise alarms. Yeah. So I walk in and I throw 10 grand on a roulette wheel on a four, four block or whatever and it hits or it doesn't. Yeah, but that's anyway. That's what's happening. So what
2: I do is when I get a hold of dirty money, what I use, I, I use it to pay off my Rogers bills. <laughs> <laughs> because it's pretty much, oh, pretty much a wash. <laughs> it's, it, listen, man. It's not a good time of the year to get sued. Okay? No, that's that's just such <laughs> sarcasm. That's oh. not. It's okay. It's all right. It's, it's satire. Not not really meant to be anything okay. but sad. I I'm happy to say I was unaffected. So neither, I was neither. I was unaffected. Actually, that's not true. Everybody was affected in one way or another. Because if you use a a, a debit card, uh-huh. you couldn't use the debit card.
1: Well, I mentioned that I went through Pearson recently, so I wasn't even in the country. Yeah. So I was completely unaffected. Yeah, you're right. When when it happened, and I got I got notified by people who were in Canada that yeah, it was happening. And Yeah, okay. Uh, the last, last thing I want to talk about, and we'll jump to the mailbag before we wrap it up uh, for the week here. Yeah, I mentioned the photo ID. Why do I mention that? Because, again, getting back to the consultation when we meet face-to-face, I need, and this is related to FinTrack, I need ID. I can't open an account for you at the insurance company without ID. I just can't do it. And uh, you mentioned the OHIP card. It doesn't qualify. Because it's no address. Because there's no address on the card, which I think is silly. But there's no address on your on your passport either. I I'll take your word for it. I'll have my passport in front of me, but I there's I no address on your
2: passport. I don't think so. I think well, you put not, an address, not an actual address, street. But address. when you apply for a passport, you give them your address. Well, sure. When you apply for your OHIP card, you give them an address too. Yeah, because that's how you get it. Yeah, comes in the mail. <laughs> so, so,
1: okay. Anyway, it's something that we are having to deal with because I'll tell you real, maybe it's a mailbag story here. You know, meeting uh, recently a lovely young lady uh, in her 70s, that's young compared to her dad who's, who's 90, and he's got no valid photo government ID. In other words, he hasn't driven in 10 years, the driver's license is expired, and the passport is expired. So what else is there? There's a health card. I can't take it. They won't let us take it. They let us take it in the height of COVID when like everything was shut down. Right, right. Because people's IDs were expiring left, right, and center and you couldn't renew them. But now he just has to go to uh, like Service Ontario and get his picture taken. That's right. But he's not very mobile. And the daughter said to me, he's not going to be happy having to go to Service Ontario. I said, I think you can get it online. You cannot. I wanted to share that little tidbit with the listeners as well. You can't, you can renew it online, but you can't apply for it online. And I don't understand why. Maybe it's a photo thing.
2: It's so you, you, the reason you have to go to service Ontario was because you need to get your picture taken. Is that what you're saying?
1: No, I'm not saying that because when I updated my passport recently, they're now letting you submit selfies. So you can take your phone and take your own picture. Right. And if it, qualifies, like it meets the criteria for size and image and background and all that stuff, you submit that for your application, they'll take it
2: online. So then why do you have to go to get your... uh, uh, So
1: what I saw when I was doing this research was they do need some form of ID, and they're saying bring in a birth certificate. It's not photo ID, but bring your birth certificate, and we will use that to get you an Ontario photo card. Okay, so I said to the lady, <laughs> I said, "I'm talking about the 90 year old man." I said, "Where, where was your dad born? Former Yugoslavia, 1933." <laughs> I'm like, all right, forget it, man. Yeah. Like, it's not, that's not going to work. Nope. I mean, an Ontario birth certificate, maybe. With respect to people from Yugoslavia, not well, no, <laughs>
2: no, it's not. It's just it's a reflection of the government in, in the way that they kept or didn't keep records. Yeah. So it's a problem. It, this is a problem. This man
1: has some money. It's going to be probated if we don't move it. And I said to the lady who is an only child, it's important to understand, this lady is an only child. I said, there's two ways to do this. A, get a photo card, which now I realize is going to be very difficult in more ways than one because dad, like I said, lacks mobility, doesn't want to go, isn't interested, and probably doesn't have his Yugoslavian birth certificate from 1933. And probably wouldn't be accepted anyway, even if he did. I don't know for sure on that. Or plan B, we put the money in your name. You get dad to write a check to you. You put that money in your bank account. And then you write a check, payable to the insurance company. And we set up the account. And that's that. She's like, well, I don't know about that. I'm like, well, A, you're his only child. And B, it's not like you're stealing his money, right? Like if he needs something... You're going to take care of him. He's living with her in her house. She's already taking care of him. So what difference does it make? You know, I mean, I said, and the clock's ticking here. He's not well. And if we don't move it, it is going to be probated. There's no doubt in my mind because I'm seeing accounts with much less money in them get probated. Had a conversation about that with a caller uh, recently who was furious, furious at the bank was requiring probate on a sum less than 50K. Uh, I guess I'll talk about this, uh, well, since I got there already. The 50K is the threshold for the province of Ontario. The province does not require any probate fees to be paid on sums less than 50K. So the bank has discretion. They can say, we don't care about the province. We're protecting our backsides here. So even though it's only, I can't remember the sum in this case, it was It was forty something, I think, or maybe it was thirty eight, doesn't matter. But I know it was it was less than fifty K. That's the point. And the bank was making this gentleman go through the probate. I suggested what I always suggest when I hear these stories, book a meeting with the branch manager. You gotta book a meeting face to face. You go in, you, you you tell your story, you offer to sign a letter of indemnity, releasing the bank of any liability, because that's what this is all about. The bank is worried that they're going to pay the money out to the wrong person and get sued. So even if it's 35 grand, they're still worried about it. And I, I guess I, I kind of understand that. But anyway, and he said he did that. He did that already. He offered it and they still said no. And I said, well, then there's nothing else you can do. You can walk away. You want to walk away from 42,000 bucks, that's an option, or you can you know you can call Debbie Stanley at uh, ETP Canada and get her to help you deal yeah. with the probate because yeah. that's what she does. Yeah. As we heard earlier in the show and we'll hear it again next week on episode 2 of Solving the Probate Puzzle. All right. I think we're getting out of time here, Mr. Walshin. You make it sound like it's a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> now, now, who's dating themselves? What was that guy's name? Alfred Hitchcock?
2: No, that's Rod
1: Serling. No, but didn't Alfred Hitchcock write it? No, Rod Serling wrote it. I thought Rod Serling was just the man. Like he wrote the- it. He was the guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. What did Alfred Hitchcock do? He made movies. Yep. North by the Northwest. The Birds thing. Vertigo. No, the Birds thing was mm-hmm. was Twilight Zone. Nope. No, no, oh, okay. Hitchcock. It was a little bit before my time. All right, okay. Let's wrap it up. Uh, it's, that was a lot of information for for this week on the Avoid Probate Show. So glad that you've joined us here this morning on AM seven forty. We will be back. I want to say thank you to Kelly for rocking it behind the glass. I've got little baggies of treats here because it was what did I say? I don't have my note in front of me anymore. Jelly Bean Day? No, but it was like Jump on Jelly Bean or Jump for Jelly Bean Day or something. So yeah, we'll have to uh, let Kelly have some of the treats that are here in the studio. I didn't bring uh, the avocados. I think it was also Avocado Day. We didn't talk about that. But thank you to Ted Walshon for his decades of radio excellence. And thanks once again to you, the listeners, for being here. Please join us next week. We'll do it again. We'll do it again next week. Ted, you good for next Sunday? You bet. Have a be nice week. The first Sunday of uh, August. That's right. Right? Okay. Time flies. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
0: You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.